You're listening to James H. for Life, Episode 7. So what exactly goes into your life insurance rate? Welcome back and thanks for tuning in today. You're listening to James H. for Life, your premier podcast for everything life, disability, and long-term care insurance. So I wanted to discuss a little bit today on how exactly any life insurance company figures out what they're going to charge you. Um, Because as you've probably noticed, if you've ever looked at a life insurance rate in the past, um, your rate can vary a lot. Like, for example, maybe you've purchased a life insurance policy and you're paying $30 a month for the next 20 years for a half, mo- half million dollars in coverage. Let- let's just say that for a moment. Um, and then you talk to your friend and they purchased a very similar policy. They're- they bought a term policy also for about a half million dollars in coverage for 20 years. They're paying 56 or $70 or $80 or $100 a month. And let's assume for a moment that both of you are the same age and, you know, it's your best friend. You grew up together. So same age, roughly, uh, you're both guys or you're both girls, whatever the case might be. So why is there such a big difference in what you guys are paying? And the fact of the matter is, is with regards to life insurance, the rate that you're going to pay with any company, first and foremost, it's based off of three main things. The first is the age at which you apply. So naturally, the older you are when you apply for life insurance, the more expensive it's going to be. Why is that? Well, it's because you're closer to death than you were a year before or five years before or 10 years before, so on and so forth. So naturally, the older you get, the closer you get to dying. The other thing that you're uh, rated on will be your health at the time that you apply. So naturally, the better the health uh, that you're in, then the better the rate class is going to be, the better the price will be. Reason? You're healthier, so you're not going to die anywhere near as soon as somebody who is not so healthy. Um, So that's a good thing for the life insurance company, so they charge you less. And then the final question is, well, how much coverage are you asking for and how long do you want that coverage to last? Are you asking for a million dollars and do you want it to last for 10 years or do you want it to last forever? So with all of those considerations then, a lot of people are already at least relatively familiar with that. So why is it then that Prices can still be so great between person to person. What specifically, when you're applying for a life insurance policy, factors in on the rate? So let's talk about that a little bit. See, number the first thing I mentioned, number one, your age. That's an easy thing to, to figure out. I assume that as you're listening to this, you know how old you are. If you don't, you're not getting life insurance anyway. So that's the easy one. Then the third one is also easy. Well, how much coverage are you asking for and how long do you want it to last? Not that difficult to figure that one out usually, right? The one that trips everybody up is the health portion because, see, here's the thing. This is what happens. The first, first, let me address something that I, I stated in an earlier podcast. Um, there are two prices you will always be given by a life insurance company. The first is the quote price. The second is the offer price. The quote price is the price that, well, that really doesn't mean anything. 
I mean, it's either going to be an accurate quote or an inaccurate quote. And this is the number that can trip everybody up and give everybody false hopes and aspirations. I can quote any single person that wants to listen to this podcast the absolute best price available to me by any company that I would ever write for. That doesn't mean anything because if I don't ask you the specific questions that I should, that I know the underwriters are going to want to know about, to make sure I'm giving you a realistic number, well, the quote really is going to be useless to you. Because I could tell you $30 a month for your policy, and then when you get approved, maybe your health wasn't as good as it needed to be for that price. So uh, it actually came back at $80 a month or $50 a month or whatever. Point being, we weren't even close. The difference between the two is this. When you submit an application for life insurance, when you tell the company that you're going to pay $35 a month, $50 a month, $150 a month, whatever, what you're really saying is, this is how much I think I will qualify for as far as a price is concerned. Let's confirm that. And then when you go through the underwriting, then the real price comes out. See, the job of an agent is to make sure that the quote price and the offer price are as similar as humanly possible. Now, there are some things that we're just not going to know until we actually go through the underwriting. However, in my experience, my accuracy rating is approximately 80, it's either 80 or 90% are either right on the money or come back at a better price. It's not too often, unless someone forgot to tell me something, that we come back and the price gets blown out of the water. And for those ones that do come back higher, they're not much higher than what I originally quoted. So with that being the case, that, that, that's me. That's how I do my underwriting. I ask a lot of questions. I really take my time. Good agents will definitely do that. So what questions should we be asking then to make sure that we're matching up the quote and the offer price? So here's what goes into it. Naturally, everybody's aware of height and weight. So height and weight is going to factor into it. Are you a smoker or a non-smoker? That's going to factor into it. Something else that matters is you're never going to see those the best prices that the all the companies, it doesn't matter who you're writing for, who you're applying with, every company always puts the good foot forward and says, you can have this coverage for $15 a month, $20 a month, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's the thing. What they don't tell you is that's the best price available and literally industry statistic here from, from what I've gathered even from the companies I've written uh, for about 10% of people who apply for life insurance actually get the best rate available because the underwriting can just be that tough uh, on everything they look at. So, you know, you have maybe a 10% chance of the number you're looking at online being correct. So we know that the height and the weight, the smoking is a factor. We also know that um, how long it's been since you last smoked. So if you're somebody that maybe you quit smoking, how long it's been since you quit smoking is going to play into a factor in your role, uh, into your rate. So for example, if you just quit smoking last year, 
Most companies, you're only going to get a standard no tobacco rating, which means we expect you to live an average healthy life. You're not going to get the better than average ratings because it's only been a year since you quit. Normally, in order to start seeing that, you need to be three years or longer uh, without having smoked at all. And, it, and you can't have smoked anything. You can't have smoked cigars or cigarettes, pot, any of it. Like as of right now, you cannot have smoked anything for that time period in order to start getting the best rates or the better rates. So that's the other aspect of the smoking thing most people aren't aware of. What else goes into your rating? Um, family history. Now, family history is usually specifically just your mother, your father, and any brothers and sisters you might have. Now, with your family history, they're looking primarily for three things. Have anyone in your immediate family ever been diagnosed with cancers, strokes, or heart disorders. Now, the every company can be a little bit different. Um, one company that I wrote for, they wanted to know if anyone in your immediate family was diagnosed with any of those three things I just mentioned prior to age 70. Uh, co- one company I write for currently, they want to know, has anyone been diagnosed with anything like that prior to age 60? And then it goes further to state, If they have been, number one, did anybody die? If nobody died, you still have a shot for the preferred rating. If somebody died or two people died, forget about it. Depending on the company, you're not getting the best rating at that point because now there's a genetic uh, risk involved because they're saying, oh, well, if mom and dad died from this, then there's probably a hereditary risk there where you could develop the same thing potentially. Not saying you will, and we don't want you to, but statistics show that there can be a greater propensity for that, so it knocks you down the rate class, and nobody tells you that online. Uh, what else can knock out your, um, your health class rating? Uh, driving record. Driving record can be a major uh, knockout if you have too many violations, typically within a three-year period. So if you have too many violations or accidents uh, within a three-year period, um, that can impact your rate. Now, it's going to depend on what your violations are. Some companies, if it's a major violation like a DUI, um, that can be an immediate knockout if it happens, say, within the the last year. A uh, company could postpone considering you for life insurance until you develop a track record of not having things like that on your record. Um, they might ask to you know, wait until uh, three years after that incident or something like that just to show that that's not something you're going to probably do again. Um, another thing that can also impact your rating, aside from driving record, height, weight, family history, um, prescriptions you're currently taking. So this is a big one that I get asked about quite a bit, um, specifically regarding cholesterol and high blood pressure. So sometimes people will say, um, well, wait a minute, I have high blood pressure and I have high cholesterol, you know, can I get life insurance? Well, absolutely you can, because the follow-up question is, Well, are you taking any medications for it? And if you are, the next question then becomes, are your numbers good? Are they well controlled? And if they are, guess what? If everything else checks out with you, you can still get the preferred ratings, the better ratings. See, the nice thing is, is because our treatment for 
uh, you know, something like cholesterol and uh, blood pressure has become so good, life insurance companies don't even really take it into account uh, too much anymore. And um, you can still get some of the preferred ratings as long as you keep your numbers in check, especially for our older uh, clients who maybe they're in their 50s and 60s. That's just life. I mean, a lot of people end up on uh, blood pressure medications just because, you know, you're older and your body doesn't break things down the same way. We understand that. The statistics are good on it. So life insurance companies really don't pick on that too much anymore. Now, for those of you who might be listening who maybe have a specific illness and you want to know, well, how, how does diabetes play into it? Or I have a cancer history. How does that play into it? Or I have an autoimmune disease. How does that play into things? When we're getting into that, the, the vast majority of the population isn't going to have uh, those specific issues. Um, admittedly, the most common one I come across is diabetes, uh, either type 1 or type 2. And I think what I'm going to do is address that in another podcast. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into that specifically because I'd like to talk about the A1C and how that, all, how that all plays into your rating factor. But before I finish this podcast up for the day, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back. I want to wrap up with some final thoughts on what goes into your rate and what kind of things you should expect and be prepared for uh, when you're speaking with an agent and when you're actually making the application for life insurance. You're listening to James H. for Life. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is James H. for Life. I just want to finish this podcast up with some final thoughts here with regards to when you're actually making an application, things to consider just to help you get the best rate possible. So here's what's going to happen. When you you submit your application, typically for clients, it's going to go in a step of one, two, three. The first is you're going to sign an application and submit it. You may or may not have to make the first initial payment dependent on two things primarily. Number one, whether or not the company is going to require that. Some companies do, some companies don't. Number two, if you've had any major medical history issues, uh, typically within the last five or ten years, sometimes a company won't take the first payment from you. That way they don't have to give you the temporary insurance while you're going through the underwriting. Um, just as a form of protecting themselves because you present a higher risk. So they want to make sure that you're okay before they, you know, start putting insurance on your life. Um, So typically that's step number one, sign an application and you may or may not have to give money. Step number two, typically you'll get a phone call from a company. Maybe it's exam one. A lot of companies uh, partner with exam one. Uh, to conduct their health in, their health interviews. And what they'll do is they'll ask a lot of health-related questions, uh, some of which I already mentioned, height, weight, you know, who's your doctor, um, have you ever had any major medical complications? If so, tell me about them, when, where, what was the treatment, things like that. Uh, are you taking any medications? If so, what are you taking? What are you taking them for? Um, 
you know, and a lot of information like that. So typically, when you're going to have that phone interview, it's not a bad idea to have your primary care physician's information at hand because a lot of um, a lot of companies can ask you for that just for the purpose of putting it on record. Um, they may or may not need to request uh, medical documents from them, but a lot of times you'll at least be asked if you know it. It can actually save time later, especially if we have to order doctor's reports. After you have that phone interview, then you'll have a nurse give you a call. Um, Usually they'll also be partnered possibly with Exam One or maybe another paramedical company of some sort. Um, And with that, they will schedule a time most often to come to your house, but a lot of times it can be a place of your choosing if home isn't always convenient because you have a crazy work schedule. And they'll conduct a physical. Most instances, since a lot of people typically buy a million dollars in coverage or less, um, the requirements are they're going to check your height, your weight, your blood pressure, They're going to take a blood and a urine sample. Depending on the amount of coverage and your age, they might do a resting EKG test as well. Um, Now, there can be additional maybe medical underwriting requirements. If you're buying more insurance than that, they're they're going to want to check your financial records just to make sure you make enough money to justify uh, buying that much coverage and also that you can afford it. They also uh, might run cognitive tests just to make sure that you're of sound mind, depending on your age. Um, And they could, by nature, even if you're in very good health, still order all of your medical records from all of your doctors just to ensure that you're in the best health possible and they didn't leave any stone unturned. Um, Once you complete those three things... That's the end of your part typically in the entire process. Usually the company and the agent will handle the rest. Um, Beyond that, here are a couple of tips um, to help you just maximize your your results when you actually do the physical. So number one, uh, make sure you're well hydrated, plenty of fluid. Uh, Number two, being well rested, having a good night's sleep uh, can help for the night before. Uh, three, um, you know, make sure that, you know, you've had maybe a small meal early in the day or at least a few hours beforehand just to make sure maybe you've got something in your system depending on your circumstances. I wouldn't recommend eating something that's high in sodium or fat. Like, you know, a bunch, don't eat a bunch of donuts right beforehand because it could throw your levels on your blood way out of whack because you get a sugar spike and now they're concerned that you're a diabetic and you don't even know it. Um, so just eat a well-balanced meal. You know, lots of veggies are good. Uh, minimize carbs, um, you know, just to prevent a uh, spike in uh, sugars. Make sure you're well rested, you're well hydrated, um, you know, and just just be ready for it. Um, and that that's really about it. Just be relaxed. Don't don't stress out. Um, you know, just take it easy. It's not hard. Usually, the the representative is in and out of your house in ten minutes or so. When I got my life insurance policy. It's about how long it took them. So I would just encourage you, you know, to just take it easy, eat, drink, be merry, 
life will be well, and then you'll get to review everything at the end. Well, that's all I got for you guys today. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to James H. for Life, your premier podcast for all things life, disability, and long-term care insurance related. If you guys have any requests on topics regarding life, disability, or long-term care insurance that you would like me to address, please send me an email at jameshforlife at gmail.com. You can also check out the blog that I have at jameshforlife.com. And if you'd like further information on life insurance for yourself, please either fill out the form that's attached to the blog, or you may always email me at jameshforlife at gmail.com, and either myself or one of my agents would be happy to reach out to you and assist you further. Thank you guys so much for listening. This is James H. for Life signing off. I hope you have a blessed day.